Army veteran Lindsey Streeter leads the military affairs strategy at Bank of America. He joined the Bank of America family in 2016 upon retiring from the U.S. Army as a highly decorated command sergeant major with 31 years of military service. He's been a leading voice in Bank of America's commitment to recruit, develop, and retain military talent. And Lindsey was recently named 2023 Veteran of the Year by the Military Times. Coming up next on Veteran on the Move. Welcome to Veteran on the Move. If you're a veteran in transition, an entrepreneur wannabe, or someone still stuck in that J-O-B trying to escape, this podcast is dedicated to your success. And now, your host, Joe Crane. As a member-owned not-for-profit, Navy Federal puts members at the heart of every single thing they do. Find out more at NavyFederal.org. All right, we're talking with Army veteran, retired Command Sergeant Major Lindsey Streeter, who leads the Military Affairs Strategy at Bank of America. Also, the 2023 Veteran of the Year by Military Times. Wow, what an awesome, what an awesome award there and, and great title. So, Sergeant Major Lindsey, thanks for being here today. Uh, before we get to talk about all the great things Bank of America is doing for hiring America's veterans, take us back. Tell us what you did in in the army what how many years was it 33 34 hey, hey joe crane i'll tell you what man um i appreciate the opportunity to be be on the show here today and yeah it was just a little north of uh of 31 years wow. uh that i did and uh, start started out as a logistician uh, i was an army parts guy spent a lot of time in aviation units you know chasing blackhawk helicopters around trying to keep them flying and uh and I did that for 10 years, and then I transitioned over into recruiting command where I absolutely found my niche there as an Army recruiter. Um, ran a couple of recruiting stations, found a lot of success running those stations, uh, a lot of promotions that came along with that, and uh, ascended into leadership and recruiting command, ran the Army recruiting school, ran, ran two companies as a first sergeant, uh, and I was tagged to, uh, to go to the Sergeant Majors Academy, came out of the academy, and um, pinned on uh, Command Sergeant Major, and and headed up to uh, to Nashville, Tennessee, to head the Nashville Recruiting uh, Battalion there, and uh, part of the command team there. And did that for about three and a half years, and then the Army um, saw fit to bring me out into Training and Doctrine Command to to run a leadership academy uh, to round out my career. So I served as the Commandant of the NCO Academy down here at uh, Fort Stewart, Georgia, where um, I, I retired, and then you know, smoothly transitioned over into to Bank of America. Yeah, so Bank of America was your first job out of the Army? It was. It was. I had a, uh, I had a soldier that had worked for me about nine years earlier, and he had been with the bank about a year and a half, and, uh, and he called me one day. I was, I was driving home trying to, you know, contemplate whether or not I was going to retire or take another uh, position in the Army, a nominative position as a sergeant major, and I got a call. Uh, asking me to to send him a resume, I believe there's a little divine intervention at play there because mm-hmm. I prayed a prayer for some guidance with regards to transitioning, and um, I got the phone call and uh, I, I quickly crafted a resume and sent it in. And uh, you know, he said something that was profound to me. Uh, he, he began to talk about the company, but he knew me very well, uh, and he said to me that you fit here at this company. And I don't believe there was any more profound of a statement that could, that could have been said to me. Um, I think when veterans are transitioning, they're oftentimes 
are looking for an organization that they believe um, they'll, they'll go there and do good. But, but you know, where do you fit uh, within that organization? And, uh, and, and my, my colleague believed that um, from what he knew about me and my, my traits of character, um, there'd be a perfect marriage with me coming to Bank of America. And I, I thank goodness that he, that he gave me that call. Yeah, no kidding. I mean, talk about using your network. I mean, a guy I know used to work work with him in the army. He's there. He brought me in. I'm good. I mean, that, that's that's how you get a yeah. job right there. <laughs> but hey, yeah. let's face it. Most guys aren't that lucky. I mean, you know, especially nine years before you you've actually kept in touch with him, and uh, and, and yeah. it worked. But ultimately, that's the that's that's the golden goose right there. Yeah, that's the formula. I think if they know you and then they know the organization, sure. um, it, it automatically triggers in their mind where, where to stop on a Rolodex when they begin to seek referrals to bring, bring it to the company. So um, I was thankful that he, he thought of me and, and he got it right. Absolutely. Now, over the years, I've heard a number of things with, with Bank of America. And uh, we, you know, before we hit the record button, I was talking with you about, you know, over and over, we talk about transition and getting out and getting, you know, getting a job. A lot of us want to, want to go into entrepreneurship, run our own business, but let's face it, you know, some of us, if you're the main breadwinner, you got to get a, go get a job in the meantime and work on something on the side. But so transitioning and, and getting a job as you get out of the military uh, is definitely something you, you still end up having to do, even though you want to run your own show. Uh, and some folks think, oh, you're, re- you're retiring. You're a member of the Paycheck of the Month Club. What stress do you have, man? You already got a check coming in, whatever. Sometimes it's harder to find a job when you're retired from the army because you're older, you're stuck in your own ways. You've never done anything else but the army. Um, you know, you're kind of boxed in and companies like co- companies are looking at you like, well, you know, what can you do for me? I mean, you spent your, your almost all of your adult life in the army. It can be much more difficult to convince a company that you can still speak civilian and, you still know how to, um, you're able to put on a suit and you're able to show up to work and blend yeah. in. And sometimes it is harder, you know? Yeah, Joe, you, you really touched on a few things, um, that, that I found were a challenge and we continue to, as we, uh, invite new talent into the company, um, to work on, uh, the, these veterans with those, those, those attributes of, of assimilation, as I call them, demonstrated assimilation, you know, less than 1% of the country serves. And so, when, you know, we're, we're scared when we go in, but, but we're absolutely horrified when it, when it comes time to, to take the uniform off and to depart. And, you know, so, you know, you're entering a realm of the 99% that did not serve. And so what you owe to them is not, not for them to bend to you, but for you to bend and mold and, and become one of them and to really demonstrate that. And I believe it begins uh, with, being humble during your interview, especially as a senior leader uh, in transition. Um, right. You know, a lot of times we, we want to boast about our leadership ability and, uh, and demonstrated leadership capability because of our past and those things that are contained uh, within our resume. And um, those companies, if you can lead, they're going to afford you an opportunity uh, to lead. But what they want to know is can they trust you with their brand and, and reputation of this company can you get here and humble yourself enough and be vulnerable enough so that they can hang some skills on you and, and, uh, and you can demonstrate business acumen and, and how to dress and, and how to really uh, work in, in, a, in a collaborative uh, environment that's demanded uh, by corporate America. And so um, I, I thank goodness I had some coaching and some grooming 
uh, to help me with those things. And, and, and I work for a company that um, spends a lot of time trying to get that right. And, and what we do is we've invested into the scalping that's required to ensure that our veterans uh, smoothly transition. So we charged ourselves with not just joining the crowd of being veteran friendly, but we wanted to demonstrate that we are veteran ready. And we did that by, or we do that by being meticulous in our selection process up front. We want to give the veteran the best opportunity uh, to succeed at the company. And we do that by matching up their skill sets with an opening in the company. So we want to get this right fit piece fixed from the beginning. Uh, And then we want to make sure that the living room is straight inside the house. And so we have a robust um, ERG um, and our military support and assistance group that helps us with onboarding of, of our veterans. And we pair them up with a more tenured and seasoned veteran. And they hold their hands for about the first 90 days that they're here just to get them through the fits and jerks of, of assimilation. And it's a soft, it's a soft space, right? It allows them to ask the stupid question, you know, to, to, sure. to match a pair of loafers with a belt, you know, <laughs> to understand which color suit pattern that they need to wear. <laughs> and so, and so it's so it's those sorts of things that they, they, they feel like they can, um, they can, they can feel safe uh, and feel welcome while they're going through that transition. And what we're hopeful is that what we're seeing is that it closes the back door. And we know that because we survey them. Now we, we use employee um, satisfaction surveys and we gauge uh, the morale and the, and the motivation of our veteran cohort that way. And, um, and so we're, we're proud of, of that work that, that we put into, uh, into that, that those challenging times. And the, the other thing is that, um, you know, we have a problem with, with our resumes and bridging the, bridging the gaps, uh, bridging our skill sets. Um, and so we, we, uh, we know that, we understand that, and we try and, and, and take that into account when we're placing talent that those resumes may have gaps in them, uh, yeah, that they absolutely. may be missing pertinent information. And so we've invested in, in a veteran recruiter that helps us to look at those resumes in detail uh, and, and tell the story that the veteran's resume may not be telling. Absolutely. Hold that thought. We're going to take a quick break. We'll be right back. As a member-owned not-for-profit, Navy Federal puts members at the heart of every single thing that they do. Low fees and great rates, resources to help you crush your financial goals, 24-7 access to stateside member service representatives with award-winning customer service, Earnings and savings of $473 per year by banking with us. An average credit card APR that's 6% lower than the industry average. A market-leading regular savings rate nearly two times the industry average. I'm still with Navy Federal after 33 years and not going anywhere. Navy Federal is insured by NCUA. NFCU reserves the right to change or discontinue promotions and rates at any time without notice. Dollar value shown represents the results of the 2022 Navy Federal Member Giveback Study. Credit card value claim based on 2022 internal average APR assigned to members compared to the advertised industry AP average published on creditcards.com. Value claim based on 2022 internal regular savings rate average compared to 2022 industry regular service average rate published by FDIC.gov. Learn more at NavyFederal.org. Hurricane season is here, and we are preparing for Hurricane Idalia right now here in Florida. When Hurricane Ida hit the Gulf Coast, it destroyed countless homes and left many without access to food and clean water. Millions lost power, some for weeks. The floods that followed the hurricane washed out roads and made it impossible for grocery stores to restock their shelves. 
Families were left hungry and desperate, waiting for help that was slow to arrive. But what if you didn't have to rely on FEMA to provide for your family during a crisis? The answer is simple. Be prepared with emergency food kits from 4Patriots. Their long-lasting and delicious food options are specifically designed to provide you and your loved ones with the sustenance you need when you need it most. 4Patriots survival food kits are hand-packed in the USA, last for up to 25 years, compact inside covert storage totes, include a wide variety of delicious breakfasts, lunches, and dinners, backed by thousands of five-star customer reviews. 4Patriots survival food is not just for natural disasters, because in today's world of uncertain supply chains and unpredictable emergencies, it's more important than ever to have a backup plan. Whether it's a temporary power outage, a winter blizzard, or rising food costs, you can rest easy knowing that you have a reliable source of food to see you through. And right now, you can go to 4Patriots.com and use the code VETERAN to get 10% off your first purchase on anything in the store, including our emergency food supply kits designed to last up to 25 years. Go to 4Patriots.com and use code VETERAN to get 10% off your first purchase of 4Patriots Survival Food. That's 4Patriots.com. Use code VETERAN. All right, we're back talking with uh, Army veteran Lindsey Streeter, who's retired command sergeant major, also is uh, now leading the military affairs strategy at Bank of America. So, Lindsey, let's pick back up where we left off. Um, you know, I heard you talking about, and, and I remember this from a, a friend of mine who used to work at Bank of America, it's not only bridging that gap, getting those veterans come over and apply to work for your company and getting them hired, but Bank of America is taking it to the next level where once they're in, we're going to onboard them because we know they're military people. We're going to bring in military folks that already work at Bank of America to mentor them, onboard them, be a soundboard, be those, co- be those coaches, and work them through uh, transitioning not only into the civilian role, but transitioning into Bank of America. And I think that's one of the keys that Bank of America has figured out. You, you guys have looked internally and you know, looked yourself in the mirror and say, how can we do this better? Yeah, yeah, we have. And, and we're, we're fortunate that we have um, a robust military support assistance group. It's about 19,000 strong, uh, 44 chapters. And, and they've really dedicated uh, themselves to helping us with these veterans in transition. And um, it, it seems to be extremely effective. You, you spoke earlier, too, about the, the number of veterans that, that transition into, um, you know, in, into, uh, into the entrepreneurial track. Yeah, about about, about 20,000 a year or so uh, do that. And, and I believe some of the same challenges exist on that side, too, but um, kind of understanding the business world, understanding uh, how to gain access to capital, and really finding mentorship that can help them uh, along the way uh, to ensure that their success is realized. And um, one of the, the other things we've done inside the company is we have a dedicated life event services coordinator. Uh, more, more, so, so that person is, is, is earmarked with or charged with handling uh, any issues that may arise as they pertain to a veteran. You know, you know there are unique challenges with, with being a veteran family. Sometimes we have an instance where we, we may have a, a, a service member spouse working for us and then that person PCSs and that's an event. That's a life event for that sure. military family that has to be handled. And so that per, that the military life event services coordinator will coordinate um, that opportunity to, um, to help that family in transition uh, to that next location and continue uh, the continuity of, uh, of employment for that family. Yeah, absolutely. Um, 
we talked about prep in the resume. Um, what are some of the things if somebody's listening to this and they're still in the military or they're, they're just starting their transition out, what are some of the things veterans can do to better prepare for that overall transition into the civilian sector? Yeah, the, the transition assistant points do a very good job of, of helping craft resumes for transitioning service members. Um, where I believe there's an opportunity is, is helping those veterans to really explain the skills. So what happens is the, a lot of the military skill sets are buried in military related jargon. And so at the transition point, more, more importantly, the, for the enlisted soldier, not so much the officer, their, their report cards and their duties are kind of explained in layman terms. So it's an easier translation. But for the enlisted service members, their paperwork and their experiences are in military jargon. And so when they're handed that brand new shiny resume at the transition point, it's the first time that they've seen themselves and their skill sets captured in that way. And they really don't have the confidence required to represent themselves in an interview um, according to that resume a lot of times. And so it's taking the time to get everything translated and ironed out and then, and then understanding what the resume is saying about them. It's also understanding where you're wanting to land and tailoring the resume to kind of get you there. And then you need to rehearse. And the key component is you're going to need to leverage a network or someone on the inside uh, that may, may do a little bit of bidding for you. Right. And, you know, one of the things that comes up on the show all the time, I, the guy who put it best was, and I don't, I don't think he necessarily coined the term, but there's hard skills and there's soft skills. And a lot of the problems with resumes, it, civilian, civilians love hiring based off of hard skills. And that's hard for military folks to translate what they've done into those hard skills. Like I always use the examples, you know, you're a certified public accountant, CPA, that's a hard skill. Uh, MBA, that's a hard skill. Uh, Six Sigma, that's a hard skill. I'm Microsoft whatever certified up to this level. That's a hard skill, a degree in this, all hard skills. You're coming out of the military. Like for example, you, you were, you had a logistics MOS. Is there a lot of logistics going on in bank of America? Yeah, probably, but not like there is in the army. So how do you translate logistics into, you could, you could really help out bank of America as a great employee. Then it becomes, ah, well, in the course of my MOS with logistics, I've developed all these soft skills and that's leadership mission accomplishment. I, I can motivate people, whether I, whether they and them are cold, wet, tired, and hungry. Uh, I always show up to work early. I'll be at the meeting early. I, I know how to get along. Um, those are the soft skills. It's tough to put on a resume, but ultimately those are really the better things that make the better employee. Yeah, that's a great point, Joe. And, and, and you're absolutely spot on with that. Um, the, the hard skills are self-explanatory. I had a, a veteran explain it to me this way. I remember I was thinking through a project management position. I said, I don't know anything about project management. And he said, man, I'll throw this coffee mug at you. He said, have you ever been to the field? I said, yeah, I've been to the field. What did you have to do before you went to the field? And I laid out all of the battle drills that we had to go through with preparation of equipment, preparation of our soldiers, 
with backwards planning from the time we had to be out there, coordination of transportation out there, getting there, and then coordinating the movement back. It was an entire project, a major project um, that I was that I was managing, and I had no idea that that's what I was actually doing. And so that's where the opportunity is. It's, it's really unpacking the soft skills and giving yourself credit um, for really uh, demonstrating proficiency in those areas and, and then mirroring up some past report cards, evaluations to show um, how effective that, that you were at, at, uh, at doing those things. I, I believe there's some prudence in explaining, you know, the promotion system within the military um, to your uh, prospective employee to know that it's based upon uh, potential and, and trust and fidelity of this individual. And, and that fidelity and trust comes from past performance in the soft skill area where it comes from. And so um, you, if you do a, do a better job of unpacking and, and representing yourself that way, I believe our service members, the transitioning service members will have a little more success. Yeah. I remember years ago, um, I was talking to a couple of young Marines and they, you know, one of them was like, well, I was used to grunt, you know, so I don't, I don't really have much in the way of job prospects for me out there. And back then I was, I was just a young Lieutenant myself. I didn't really know how to answer that, but I, I knew it was wrong. I knew he, I knew he wasn't right. But nowadays I can say like, uh, if, if you're, if you're just a grunt, well, you got to go after all your soft skills and the, you got to stress those soft skills on the resume. Don't, don't, if you don't have the hard skills, you can't make them up and put them on the resume, but the soft skills and of course, leadership, uh, team building, leading teams, those, th- those are the, those are the big ones. And you know, like I said, those yeah. ultimately you know, what makes the great employee, but you just have to get that past the translation factor. Yeah. If you made it, if you made it to the level of any level of leadership and you, you're giving yourself a training credit, uh, training management, training coordination, training delivery. Um, so there are there are a lot of skills in there, and if you just take the time to really uh, slice and dice and extract them. Yeah, learning objectives, enabling learning objectives. <laughs> yeah, you spent a lot of time in the training command yourself, right? I did. Yeah. I did. Yeah, really a great experience, and um, you know, at the level of commandant. Um, what, what the army did was, was sent me to school. I was going to be a principal now. And so uh, had to learn the rules of andragogy and pedagogy and, uh, and understand, you know, classroom design and instruction delivery and the psychology and the science that goes into training and then the different uh, training channels and domains that you, you train in to ensure that every learning style uh, was being utilized. Um, and so uh, it was, it was a great experience to, to be able to lead uh you know, a school, a leadership school, about 3,500 uh, soldiers a year coming through. And, um, and to see it, you know, to see it be very successful was really rewarding. It's the pinnacle of my career. Yeah. Yeah. So what else is going on at Bank of America in military affairs strategy? Well, you know, we, we want to ensure that one, we maintain our, our, uh, our rating uh, when it comes to, uh, you know, military friendly, uh, entities within, uh, within the workforce. So, you know, we, we were last year's military times, number five ranked, uh, organization, awesome. um, out of more than a hundred organizations. So we, we want to make sure that we, we we're staying competitive there. Uh, we want to make sure that we continue to seek, um, the right candidates to come in the door to treat them right, make them feel comfortable while they're here and allow them to learn and grow in a safe environment. 
um, and start their new careers. And then um, we're continue to grow, grow out um, a military support assistance group, expand its footprint uh, and, and opening new um, opportunities for veterans to come here and, and work. And so um, that, that's kind of the strategy. Um, look at, looking at some banking service product, uh, products that will help our military families on, on the banking side. And uh, we just want to be a great place to work uh, for not only for our veterans, but for anybody that, that decides to come here and be a part of our team. Wow. That's awesome. Has, I'm sure Bank of America, one story that comes up a lot is a lot of times companies really want to hire veterans, but the, but the gatekeepers are not veterans themselves. Like a lot of times the, the folks in the HR department, um, maybe pretty young, maybe went to college for being HR and they're 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 the initial gatekeepers for veterans getting past uh, the HR department. How is uh, Bank of America, where, you know, where the rubber meets the road as far as veterans applying for jobs? How has Bank of America infused the military affairs strategy into that? Yeah, I, th- I think one of the things that's been effective for us is the adding the addition of the the veteran recruiter to to see resumes and then to meet with hiring managers and explain uh, the jargon that may be contained in, in those resumes. The other thing is as veterans come here and they place out Joe uh, across the company, they in a sense uh, drive a little wedge in the door uh, for another veteran. And so we charge them with, with growing where they're planted, uh, and, and we're we're hope we're hopeful that their hiring manager will be or their, their direct manager will be so impressed with their work that they'll they'll begin to ask them uh, is there another one of you around here anywhere <laughs> and then and we we push that word back through our channels um, through our military um, connection site that we have internally uh, and through our hiring networks to say hey this manager here wants a person a veteran um, that has these skill sets. And then we, we make the match again. Mm. So um, it, it, it seems to be, be working. Um, and, um, and we're expanding those opportunities as I just described them. It's, it, that's, that's part of the strategy is we, we place a veteran out in an area that typically didn't have veterans in it. Um, we're, we're really um, mindful of that veteran being the first in that space. And, um, and then we're hopeful that, um, he'll be able to, or she'll be able to expand opportunities further into those spaces. Yeah. So if somebody, you know, somebody's listening to this and wants to check out bank of America for possible employment, a veteran, somebody from the military community, what's the best way for them to go about it? Yeah, they can go to careers at bank of America, um, hit, hit our website and, and, uh, you know, you, you can search it, uh, a myriad of different ways, but um, you, you search by region, by job type, title, and uh, and just just apply. Mm-hmm. And with you have recruiters within Bank of America that are veterans themselves that are out looking for looking to hire more veterans. Um, which, oh yeah, which is very which is great. Um, so hopefully, at some point early on in the contact process, they could be uh, chatting with somebody like that. Yeah, early on, and, and then we're out and you know recruit you know recruit military job fairs. We do the service academy job fairs. Um, we're, we're members of the U.S. Chamber, so we're we're nested within hiring our heroes of the Skill Bridge program. 
So we're, so we're easy to find um, in, in those circles. Um, we come out to military installations, um, and particularly when we're looking for certain skill sets. So you, you'll find us around a cyber community and, and, uh, and other IT-type communities as we seek talent there. Um, but, uh, yeah, you can, you can find us uh, linked to the Chamber of Commerce and those feeder systems that they have there. Um, they have mechanisms to get their resumes to us as well. Awesome. Well, um, I'll give you the last word. If you're talking to somebody that's on their way out of the military, what kind of advice comes to mind? Well, as I stated before, I, I would tell them to, you know, if, if, you're, if you're going to interview with a company, uh, not only should they be interviewing you, but you should be interviewing uh, that company. Yeah. The biggest mistakes veterans make is they, they seek a job to keep the lights turned on and they end up maybe changing careers a couple of different times. Oh, yeah. And I, I believe that can kind of hurt our reputation and our efforts, put a stain on them uh, because you're coming in a company and you're leaving immediately. I, I would say get it right from the beginning. Um, yeah, unpack your skill set. Feel confident in what you're doing. Rehearse. Uh, seek a lifeline from an internal uh, networking source and get there and grow where you're planted. Keep the door open, reach back, send the elevator back down and grab a buddy. Absolutely. Sage advice, our major. All right, I appreciate uh, sharing your uh, phenomenal success story, your military transition success story, and uh, sharing all the good word about uh, one of those great American companies that's doing it right and hiring veterans. Hey, Joe Crane, I, I appreciate the time you, you allowed me to spend with the Marine Corps today, and uh, I, I love the work that you're doing. Take right. care. Appreciate it. All right, these two veterans are Oscar Mike. Thank you for listening to Veteran on the Move, your pathfinder to freedom. If you like the show, leave us a review on iTunes. Reviews are always greatly appreciated. So until next time, this veteran is Oscar Mike.